1: Hello! Today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about the lies, the dirty, rotten lies that your email marketing platform is telling you and why they're bad for your business.
0: Now, before we dive into that conversation, we've put together something that we would really love you to check out and we think you'll love it. It's really cool and it's free. Cool and free. What more could you want? Now, you want to make more sales from your email marketing. We know you do. That's why you're listening to this podcast. Either that or you've, 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 put on the wrong podcast. Uh, but you can't make sales if nobody's clicking on the links in your emails. So we've put together 12 really good creative ways to get more clicks in every email that you send in a new download that we're calling Click Tricks. it's been working on this for a while and we're very excited to give it to you. It's totally free as a listener to this podcast. All you have to do is head over to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks.
1: He finds doing the washing up to be therapeutic. It's comedy hypnotist, Robert Temple.
0: And he's lactose intolerant, its psychological mind reader, Kennedy.
1: So, do you do the dishes like in the lotus position? Is that what you're like? mm -hmm." I'll tell
0: you what I do Every day I go and I pop my phone on the windowsill The sink's next to the windowsill in the kitchen And I pop my phone against a little vase of flowers and Plastic flowers And um, I put something on YouTube It's an important detail
1: You're painting a beautiful picture of your home Plastic Do <laughs> you live in Disneyland?
0: <laughs> I put something uh, on We empty the bins through the, the kitchen floor
1: um, I put a
0: YouTube video on of some description uh, Whatever I'm binging at the time And I do the washing up And watching the whole place become clean and tidy It's just a magical feeling
1: so it's like an ad for fairy liquid.
0: And you're constantly, constantly, constantly complaining every time you have a, a drop of dairy.
1: I know, I know. And I forget because, like, I'll go and grab an ice cream, and I'm like, oh, and the next day I just have these terrible headaches, like really bad i thought it was actually an intolerance to alcohol but was sharp fixed that by having loads of alcohol <laughs> so that was all right it was the big the big time i realized it recently uh when the big trigger for me was was christmas with baileys you know a l- 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 nice liqueur uh that just absolutely knocked my head completely just yeah so lactose intolerance that's why i have that lactose free milk that um which, uh, which is quite nice, luckily, so that's good. Anyway, this uh, this is not a dietary kitchen-based show where we talk about doing the dishes and uh, lactose intolerance and stuff. This is a show where we give course creators, coaches and membership site owners like your fine self, everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing and be the email marketing hero of your business. That basically means you make more sales, you do it more predictably, you do it in less time. And we do a brand new episode of this every email marketing Wednesday. I'm
0: so bored of this email marketing Wednesday thing. I've had to sit down, mate. I'm, I Normally I do this standing <laughs> up, but I've had to sit down.
1: It's just exhausting, isn't it? It's just isn't? exhausting. So if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on an episode which is released every... Wednesday make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on a single one actually
0: whether you're a fan of email marketing Wednesday or not let's come together and take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening well this one this is the episode you're listening to now obviously (laughs) Uh, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram story right so take a screenshot go to Instagram even if you never use Instagram even if you haven't got any business related pals on Instagram who don't know what you're talking about go and do it anyway they'll be very confused share the screenshot tag at Rob and Kennedy we'd love to see what you are listening to and we'll share it on our Instagram story and then maybe you will have some friends in business on your Instagram.
1: So we thought we'd tell you why so many people are switching to Keep for the email marketing automation system. Mainly because they are the sponsor of this show. You see, we've been using Keep as our email marketing platform of choice for more than 12 years each. And um, actually, we've got four accounts between us because it literally allows us to manage our contacts, build amazing email automations, run our literal whole marketing and sales systems all in one place. And with their really beautiful, swanky new user interface, it's super intuitive and nice to use as well. So go and see why we love it so much by getting inside with a 14-day, totally free trial and see why so many businesses are also switching over to Keep by going to email marketingheroes.com slash Keep.
0: So let's talk about it then. Now, we're being a little bit cheeky, a little bit facetious when we talk about lies that your email marketing platform is telling you. What we're really talking mm-hmm. about here is things that... They make easy that they really shouldn't even offer, things that they put up front and center in front of your attention that are actually damaging the your mindset or perspective on uh, email marketing, and the stuff that they kind of suggest you should do without suggesting you should do it, just by the fact they make it possible. There are so many, I remember always remember, and I don't know what this means, but I always remember as a kid watching The X Factor, and somebody would come on, here's Barbara, aged 52, from Surrey, and she'll come on and she'll belt out a render edition of whitney houston i will always love you and simon and the audience stand and whoop and cheer and simon cowell says you're a pub singer aren't you you sing in the pubs and she says yes and simon cowell looks at her in disdain and says yes you've got all the bad habits of a pub singer you've got a nice voice underneath it all but it's all covered up with bad habits of pub singers these are the bad pub singer habits that simon cowell would talk about when it comes to email marketing the stuff you can do but you shouldn't the stuff that you might do but you should stop
1: I want to know what she was doing when she was going, and I, with two and two, 22, (laughs) eight and four, 84, we'll always love. And the key draw this week is run by Michael from the bar. (laughs) (laughs) That's what a pub singer sounds like here, doesn't it? In the Northeast. Yeah, bad habits. So my personal main one that makes me toes curl, I think this is me number one. Right, I'm gonna start off with with me number one, because the platforms have a big button that, well, some of the platforms have a big button that says, you should do this. And it sh- you shouldn't do it. You just uh, we absolutely. Sh- and we've even heard people still, we thought people realised this was a crap idea, yet just the other day we had people going, right, well, what I do is I do this thing. I think there's listeners, we'll-
0: right, listening to this podcast right now who are rewinding, going, have I missed what he said? Have I missed it? I'm not sure if I... Because you just <laughs> <laughs> you told them, you shouldn't do it, don't do it. If you have been doing it, stop doing it. I saw somebody the other day doing it, and he shouldn't do it either. And they're going... Ah.
1: Um, uh, What's the great. thing? What's the thing? I'll put you out of your misery. I'll put you, I was I was being a tease. I was just showing you a little bit of my leg to get you interested or or make you run away. And the thing that I'm, I'm I'm alluding to and and teasing you with is once you send an email, the next day or the next few days, resending that same email to the people who did not open the first email. It's a button that some of the systems have in, it's a function for some others, it's called resend to unopens. It is a horrendous idea for a bunch of reasons. Technically, thanks to Apple and Android and lots of different systems over the last few years. This, these email platforms can't actually track opens accurately anyway, as you know if you're a regular listener of the show, we've been talking about that for the longest time we cannot rely on opens as an indicator of anything, because Android saying everything's not opened and Apple saying everything is opened, it basically means it's all wrong, so if you resend to un, unopens, people who, they, who the system thinks haven't opened there's a good chance you're missing out on people who didn't, who, who did open or didn't open, and you just sort of get yourself in a a right old mess. So that's the first reason, the technical reason. The second reason we don't want to be resending to unopens is a deliverability reason, so it's slightly technical, and that is this is another really good indicator to the email platforms that you're just being lazy. It didn't get opened. It didn't get a great response last time. Why are you just resending it? You're just banging people over the head. It's not a good indicator. And the final one is a psychological reason. Each of us opens emails and and engages with them for different reasons. I might get an email from Rob, and I might want to open that because he's put something interesting in the subject line, but the next day, I might not care about the thing he's put in the subject line. And it's that which is the difference between whether I'm going to open it or not. So resending that same email exactly to me that didn't work yesterday, why would it work differently for me today? Why would it even do that? It wouldn't. So let's stop completely stop resending to unopens, especially when it's so easy and quick to to craft a brand spanking new email every time with a new subject line, just using some of the stuff we talk about on this show, using some of the resources that are inside of the league any of these things, it's just lazy, it's affecting deliverability it's really hurting your reputation and it's not going to get you loads of results, the emails to resend the ones you do want to resend over and over again are the ones that did work. That's why we use automations, right? That's why we've, we run an email. And we go, oh, that one worked really well. We put it in an automation so every new person comes into our email list and they get to go through a really effective email. But we don't want to bang the same people over the head with the same email that did not get them to open over and over again. Hang on,
0: I'll just help you down off your soapbox there. Don't fall.
1: Oh, gosh, I'm going to climb off the wall. You made it
0: down safely. Um, So, so true. And it it just, when we see that piece of advice being given everywhere, like the fact that it's so easy in a lot of email platforms, they just need to take that function out. It's, it's, you know, email platforms have your best interests at heart, believe it or not. Um, They want you to do well, because if you do well, you'll pay them longer. You'll make their life easier because you'll not be knocking their deliverability and all the stuff that they're focused on. So they should all just stop doing it. Next one um, is to pay attention to your open rate. Your open rate's, are one of the biggest numbers in your email platform they're one of the first things that your email platform will tell you there's loads of email platforms where you log in and the first thing you see is charts and graphs and boxes with numbers in and that's cool because metrics are important and we should all be paying attention to the metrics in our business just open rate it's not particularly one of them it's useful that they're tracking it because even though it's wrong for so many reasons as kennedy already said um even though it's wrong and it's never been right and it's even worse now than it's ever been at least it's relative it's like it's wrong relative to, to to previous days' open rate or tomorrow's open rate. If you send an email today and it gets a I don't know 37% open rate, that's wrong. But if yesterday's got a 34% open rate, chances are that in relation to each other, they're a, they're about correct. In other words, th- today's probably was higher than yesterday's. It's just the exact number you're looking at is wrong. Therefore, it's useful to be able to track the growth or decline of that open rate over time. But the actual number is relatively is is pretty relevant uh, because. It's wrong, so that one of the questions we most often get asked is what's a good open rate? What and I, I hear email marketing experts talking about average open rates all the time. Of course, it depends on industry to industry, but the average is I heard it the other day is between 15 and 25 percent. Well almost everybody's going to be getting higher open rates than that right now if they trust the number that the system tells them because they're just making it up. It's it's including people who did open. It's not including people who didn't open. Like, it's just all wrong. And so really what you really want to be focusing on is the click-through rate of your emails because those are accurate. Pay attention to how many people are clicking the links on your emails. Pay attention to how many people are joining your list every day because again, that's accurate. You can see their actual email addresses. They're definitely real people. They're not like pixeled data that's just random numbers. That's real people. Pay attention to our favorite metric, your earning per subscriber per month. How much money did I make this month? You know that. You can see it at the bank. How much money, how many subscribers did I have at the peak of that month? You know that. Again, you can see that number. Divide one by the other as we've talked about before and you end up with your earning per subscriber per month. So your open rate is a vaguely useful metric to have somewhere in the background. It's definitely not something we should be talking about all the time. It's one of the things that we cringe a little bit when we hear people talking about, oh, I sent an email and I got an X percent open rate. We immediately have to say, well, you probably didn't. It's probably higher than that or lower than that. We can't really tell. But And, and how big is your list? I mean, that? at yeah, the end exactly. of the day, as your,
1: as your list gets bigger... Your open rate's gonna go down percentage-wise because statistically speaking, that's what happens. If you've got ten people on your email list and you're not getting an eighty percent open rate, then that's a bloody problem, and all right.
0: So ignore your open rate. They're telling you they're telling you what it is.
1: It's wrong and it's irrelevant anyway. Um, uh, here, here's another one, right? <laughs> you know when you get in your email platform and it says, right, make a template or select one of these templates. It's got sections and a little bit at the top. It's colored background. You can change the color and put your logo in. Horrendous. Like it's That's another big lie that we need to have these fancy, it looks like the school newsletter that you printed out on Microsoft Publisher, that's not what a great email looks like. There's a bunch of reasons that the first... What what you really want your email to look like is as close as possible to what you would send if you opened up your Gmail right now and sent an email to somebody. If it has that feel to it, first of all, less images, the less stuff to get clogged up in, particularly sensitive spam traps and spam filters and all that sort of stuff is going to increase deliverability. But also, every subheading in your email... So every time you have like a different section, like you might have the here's the thing and you tell them a little story about the thing and then you've got like the cartoon of the week and here's the cartoon of the week and then you've got the next one which is the something else See you know, the whatever all of these sections all these section breaks that you're putting in there are doing a few problems they're giving you a few problems first of all is each of those could be a separate email so if you're thinking well I wish I had more content I would email more often if I had more stuff to talk about most people are putting too many things each of a section in an email newsletter is probably an email of its own the next bit is, every time you get to the end of a section, that is basically a subconscious sign to your reader that now is an okay time to close that email and crack on with their day. They don't need to complete reading the newsletter. It's basically showing them the exit door when they're still browsing around the shop. You would never do it in real life, right? So you don't want to have fancy templates. It also takes longer for you to put together because not only do you have to write the content, research the content, and put the content in, now you're going to make it look fancy. And then if it doesn't load properly, it always looks terrible on some people's machine, their phone or whatever device. So now it looks awful as well. If you didn't have any of that stuff in then it wouldn't it wouldn't be affected. It would be faster for you to produce and you'd get better readership from them. So uh, another great lie that our, our platforms are pretty much all of them, not all of them, but some of them are really putting out there are you need to have these nice templates. You don't. Your templates are things like you can have a template which is all blank and then has your signature, your footer in the bottom of every one, or you might have a template that we talked about quite a few episodes ago now, which is like your blank template in case you accidentally hit send ahead of time that stuff's great but you definitely don't want to have a fancy template with images and colours and borders and sections and shit like that.
0: The next one, this is not exactly a lie that they're telling you but it's sort of just the thing they're doing in, in an attempt to be helpful is they'll quite often pre-populate the from name, the name that you send your emails from to be your company name. So you sign up for your new account with your email marketing platform. It says, what's your business name? And you put, in our case, email marketing heroes and then they'll populate that in the from name because they don't, well, that's the best thing to do, isn't it? So the easiest thing to do but actually it's not the best thing to do from your subscriber's perspective and from your emailing point of view you really want to be emailing from you or from a person within your business you or somebody you know somebody on your team one of your staff your business partner so in most of our emails they come from me so it says rob forward slash forward slash email marketing heroes that's better than it just being rob because people would get me mixed up with other robs uh, some of them who send dodgy nasty terrible emails that are spammy and awful <laughs> and It's better than it being email marketing heroes because people don't connect with that. People don't want to receive your company uh, literature. They want to receive the stories and the personality and the humor and the style of the person in the business so find somebody you or somebody on your team to be the to be the from name and make it that make it your name forward slash forward slash and then the company name that way they know specifically which you they are which you you are rather and they know uh, they know what you do as well they remember oh that's that's the guy who teaches email marketing oh i remember that that's the guy who sells shirts oh i remember that that's the guy who uh, teaches dog training oh i remember that and that's really powerful
1: I mean, I find it all the time. I need to have Kennedy slash email marketing heroes because I don't want them thinking they're getting an email from that lady that they met in Las Vegas last year. <laughs> I, I, you know, I want to I make sure of it. Another thing that that really frustrates us that, again, they all do is to ask you to write the subject line of your email first. It comes up, or it's either at the top of the thing or it's the first thing where you're setting up your, first, your email. It's like, right, what would you like your subject line to be? And actually, the easiest way to write subject lines is once you've written the email, so you can pick out some element of that email, some part of the story, something interesting you said, a turn of phrase you used, and you're gonna pull that out and use it as a subject line. It's one of the techniques that we teach and we use. So writing your subject line first is, although it's what they ask you to do, just put a sample one in. Don't put a rude one in, because you might accidentally send it without correcting it. Made that mistake before. Just put in a sample one do your email and then come back and edit the subject line. So don't write your email subject line first. One of the problems
0: when you do try and write your subject line first, incidentally, is that you even if you've got a really good idea, so first of all, thinking of a subject line when you haven't written the email yet is hard. And even if you do have a really good idea for a really clever subject line and you come and put that in first and then you start writing the email, you're now dictating the email, which is the really important bit, based on the subject line. You're, you're moving, you're like having to shoehorn your email together to make it work to fit the subject line that you just typed. And quite often what you'll find is that as you're writing the email, it takes longer because you'll find that your natural writing is steering away from the subject line. And you realize actually I've written a different email to that subject line. And then you've either got to drag the email back, which is what you normally try and do, not a great idea. You should actually let the email flow or you have to go back and change the subject line anyway. So as Kennedy said, it much, much easier and, and quicker and you just get less confusion and loads of other stuff. All of that just drains away if you start with the email and then go back and say, what would be a good subject line to get people into this email?
1: And one of the biggest things that many people struggle with is actually getting started writing that email if they're going to do it a few times a week. Like getting into the mood of writing an email is something I, we always hear. I just need to be in the mood. I need like not be staring at that blank page. And we talked about a few techniques on this show uh, about how to get over that, but writing a subject line is even harder. You're adding more weight, more resistance. You're putting the handbrake on in your mind to actually getting started writing the email. Whereas if the only thing you've got to do is consider the story, if you're using our story lesson offer framework, if you're only thinking about the the story, then all you've got to think about is that one thing. You're not thinking about the lesson, the offer. You're not thinking about the footer. You're not thinking about the subject line. You're not thinking about all the technicalities of who it's going to, nothing. You just want to be able to write the, the first part of the email. So you're going to reduce the amount of mental calories that are required in order to get the email done. And then you've got the pick of any element of your email that you want to become the subject line. So don't write your subject line first.
0: The last one is really that you should email all of your subscribers all of the time. You should log into your email platform. You should select all your subscribers. You should write an email and send them an email. But actually, that's not really true. You should really be paying attention to who's super engaged and email them more often. Who's less engaged and email them less often, if at all. You should figure out, I need to have segments. I need to figure out, you know, I need to divide my subscribers up based on their interest, based on how recently they purchased, based on what they... purchased. A lot of the time we're constantly excluding people from certain emails that we're sending because they don't need to see that piece of content or they don't need to see that piece of content yet or they've already clicked to see one email and that's why we, we use like the sort of really dynamic campaign ideas and stuff that we put inside of the league for our league members is you know, you want to route people down different paths. You want to take people around different corners. You want to make sure that you are constantly referring people to the different things that are most relevant to them. If somebody clicks to look at a piece of content, then tra- use the fact they click to look at that piece of content to tell you something, to move them into a sales campaign, that kind of thing. The, the linear approach that used to work years ago before sort of uh, complex follow-ups and automations were a thing was to log in, select the subscribers write an email hit send bash it out to all of them sit back and hope for the best that's kind of changed now
1: another cracking reason to exclude people by the way would be if they're already in the middle of something else so if they're in your re-engagement sequence you don't want to also be sending them oh and this week's podcast episode is now live or i've got this challenge coming up because they're currently in a thing if they're in a particular campaign if they're in a they're currently going through something you'll want to exclude them and the way to think about this is what is that subscriber's experience? We, we need you to switch around the thinking of, these are the things I'm doing to my subscribers. Instead, is, what is their experience? What are they seeing next? Because we can control that by email where you can't really control that, obviously on social quite as if well. If you want
0: to grab all of our campaigns, literally more than 24 of them that we use to actually make this work and actually do it, the campaigns that allow you to know exactly who to send what to and at what time, and of course our coaching to make all of that good as well, then make sure you go and check out The League. You can get there at theleaguemembership.com and you can find out all about all of the fabulous things we're doing and, and come ahead and join us if, you, if you're ready to make this stuff work in your business and learn how to be successful in spite of your email platform
1: <laughs> yes now it's time for this week's
0: Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. So this one, what have you got? this Rob? one is the what word, is that's a wrap. And this was when we came to the end of a promotion, we were doing our five day challenge and this was an email that went out the day after the challenge finishes. Now, here's the thing. Whenever you run any campaign, any of the ones from the league or something that you do yourself, whenever you run an email campaign and you've done, you know, maybe the price of your membership has gone up or maybe you've done a big thing where they get a bonus if they join your course or maybe you've closed down a coaching thing, whatever you've done, there's always, a sticky situation the next day where you've got to figure out well now what do i send because i send emails every day we do um and therefore i've just been you know we've done this big seven day promotion that closed with a big ta-da so now what do i do they didn't buy during that thing so now what do i send them so we used uh, a technique from um marley jacks shared on our on the podcast uh months ago now you can go back and check for that if you want to um, but we shared I used a technique that she shared on that podcast episode. I'll leave that as a spoiler. And the subject line was, that's a wrap. And it was basically talking about the fact we've had an amazing week. We've done this amazing thing. We've done this great big five-day challenge. It was awesome. And now here's an opportunity to work with us, even though you didn't buy that in a non-icky way. So the, the subject line was, that's a wrap. Subject line, subject line of the week, subject line of so, the week. So, yes,
1: the email marketing platform is full of fancy goodies that you can definitely tuck into and make massive use of, but, of course, it's laid out so that it makes sense for them, the way they've built it, not necessarily for what we actually should be doing. A bit like what Rob's example like you started the episode off with. Um, if, if if a reality television show has taught us anything, it's that just because you can doesn't mean you should anyway make sure you hit subscribe to the podcast on your podcast player big subscribe button smash that if you haven't already it would be great if you would leave us a review of the podcast on apple podcast we love hearing what you think of the show and finding out the names of all of our listeners as well it means the absolute world thanks for tuning in we'll be back next week bye